0: Reading is taken from James 3 and verse 12 verses. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider the What a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With same mouth come praise and cursing my brothers and sisters this should not be can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring my brothers and sisters can fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs neither can a salt spring produce fresh water this is the word of the Lord.
1: Amen. Do you need a lectern?
0: Can I just pray for you before we oh, start? <laughs> Heavenly Father, we pray that you will open our ears and our hearts to hear and that you will inspire Joe
1: with your words. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, um, this is a heck of a passage to preach on. Um, When I told Bridget Fulton I was preaching on this, she wet herself laughing. She actually cried the fact that I was teaching about the idea of taming the tongue. People who know me well appreciate the deep irony of me preaching about taming the tongue Um, and although Pads reassures me that this topic wasn't specifically aimed at me, I don't believe him. Um, I suffer from a spectacular and challenging condition called foot in mouth Um, and Yeah, it gets me into no end of pickles. People have always commented commented, that there isn't a valve between my brain and my mouth. And so what I think pretty much instantly comes straight out of my mouth. Um, Sometimes this means I'm incredibly quick and witty and very, very funny. But not very often. Um, Far more often, I dig myself into the most inappropriately large holes... And then I keep digging because I'm in a hole and I feel, oh, no, I'm in a hole. I've got to get out of it. So I'll dig some more um, and we will generally end up insulting people. It's um, yes, I have a very vivid memory of about 10 years ago. Crikey. Um, my friend Katie and I were away on holiday um, and we were talking about grace. I can't remember why. And I said, oh, grace is like your alter ego thinking that's really nice I'm being kind and considerate and saying that she's kind of got lots of grace in her she took it to mean that she wasn't a very nice person and she cried and there was a lot of tears and emotion and she got really upset and I felt so bad and what had been intended in that brief second when it processed down and out of my mouth as a real compliment came out as a real real insult and thankfully she's very kind and forgiving and is still one of my best friends so this passage for me is a personal challenge um, and it may be to all of us in different ways. If we look back over our lives especially the early years there may have been many key moments that have had to do with teachers positive and negative. Teachers who encouraged us and helped us, helped us to believe in ourselves, inspired us to strive for more and not settle for mediocrity. And those who put us down. I will always remember my German teacher, Mr. Biggs, um, who told me that I was precocious, um, which made me feel utterly self-conscious about being over the top and being far too me like. Um, and I'm sure we can all think of teachers like that. And often a little forgiveness is needed to accompany those thoughts about said teachers. um, Because their words wound us. Apparently, it takes 20 compliments to replace one bad word. So one criticism, it needs 20 compliments to actually make that criticism not have an impact. But at the same time, someone you trust, someone you love, saying even two sentences... And suddenly the whole world can open up in front of you and there are no end to the possibilities. So, no pressure on us teachers. James says that teachers will be judged even more strictly than other people. And I'm really hoping he's speaking about teachers of God's word. Nice one for you. Um, I fear it also applies to normal teachers. Not that teachers of God's word aren't Normal teachers, Carol, I'm not suggesting that you're not a normal... Never mind. Um, (laughs) It's the only logical conclusion. But they, we, come with the responsibility of guiding people's lives. One hint in the wrong direction, and someone's life, or an entire classroom's worth in some of our cases, can be sent down the wrong path. And we have to trust that God can and will work through these wrong paths and he will bring good out of it and he will bring us back to where he wants us. But it is a big responsibility. And there are different kinds of wrong paths. Many people will realise sort of, that something is amiss quite early on in the wrong path. Colin, for example, realised very early on um, that when he explored the idea of becoming a teacher that this was not a good idea after being left alone with the class for five minutes and being told not to let them kill each other, nearly failing in that. Um, And thankfully, he has vowed never to go anywhere near a classroom of children ever again. He realised early on that this was not a route for him to go down, even though various people said, you should be a teacher. No, he shouldn't. I love you. Um, But other cases, it can be far more damaging and people can go down the wrong path for far longer and it's harder to come back from. And it's so much more so in a church. Push a point too much and people run away. Don't push it. Aiming this passage just at teachers. Phew, that's what we can do. The rest of you can go, drat. Um, He develops the theme of taming the tongue in general for anyone. It is so difficult and almost impossible to tame the tongue. And part of that gives me great comfort that it's okay. It's nearly impossible. I'm fine. But also gives me a sense of... I'm never going to get my tongue under control I'm always going to end up in a hole in a pickle and if we can get our tongues to be tamed then we have total control of ourselves the tongue is so important the words that we say are so incredibly important Um, I've been very blessed I ride horses I've been riding horses since I was little Um, and I remember when to go across cross cross-country jumps he absolutely hell for leather pelted it back to the stables and a very large fence that was blocking him and the stable yard and it was that sudden moment go and he slowly calmed down and we stopped and I went ah and then he went again so instantly back into the turn it must, must have looked absolutely mad as we we're there in the middle of this field just doing very very small decreasing circles but a tiny bit yay big in his mouth completely controlled him and we didn't screech to a halt at the fence I didn't sail over the fence and end up in a mess on the other side the tongue is the same our tiny little tongues have such influence over so very very much um, I totally lost my place yeah let's slip a wrong word and a wrong moment and a precious relationship can be spoiled and I'm so grateful that Ka- um, Katie's a very forgiving friend A promise can be broken, a bad impression can be given, and which is very difficult to repair. No wonder the psalmist in Psalm 143, verse 3, prayed for a century in front of his mouth to check everything that was coming in and out. And I think that's a really key point. I don't know if you suffer from foot in mouth, um, or even just a mild case of foot in mouth, If you often don't think before you speak, and I always remember this from a sermon years and years ago and it's always stayed with me, pray, pray that we can have a century, that God, the Holy Spirit will place a century in front of our mouths protecting what comes out of it. that will be stopping the unhelpful, the hurtful things that are coming out, that will stop the gossip and the lies, that stops anything that doesn't edify and build people up from coming out. I find it really hard, particularly at school, um, in the staff from co- colleagues gossip, it's what happens, and it's really hard not to join in. And in preparing for this, I've had really a very challenging week, just really praying that God will stop what I want to come out of my mouth from coming out of my mouth, that what will come out will be good and edifying. Literally, I sometimes picture a little soldier in front of my mouth going, you shall not pass. You can pass. You can pass. No. Yes. Yes. No. And for me, that's how mentally it works. But just praying for someone to be there physically stopping the words coming out. And that's what God promises to do. He promises that. He wants good things to be coming out of our mouths. He wants that process from the brain to the mouth to stop being a slippery water park slide which goes and out comes the word. And he wants it to be a kind of a muddy thing where you go, oh no, stuck in the mouth. I don't want to say that. I'll stop that. It's having that process, slowing it down and God promises to do that when we ask him. In Matthew chapter 12 verse 34 it says, whatever is in our hearts overflows out of our mouths. What comes out of our mouths is what is in our hearts. So if what's coming out of our mouths isn't loving, patient, joyful, kind, caring, fruits of the Spirit-like things, then what's in my heart? I want my heart to be full of love and joy. I want it to be full of the fruits of the Spirit. And it's a tough challenge to think about what comes out of our mouths. And it's a thing that requires real prayerful reflection. And no matter what, we can do this in a safe place. We know that no matter what, God loves us. We are completely and utterly loved. And that will never, ever change. He's never going to leave us, He is never going to forsake us. But when we ask those challenging questions, we can do it from that place of love. We are loved but still it's very, very useful and very good to sit there and reflect what is actually in our hearts, what is coming out of our mouths. And it's especially challenging the fact that we are all made in the likeness of God. So are we are cursing man if we are being mean about other people, if we're saying hurtful things, we're basically saying that about God because we're made in his image. So if we're saying it to other people made in the image of him, it's like we're saying it to him. Do we want to be going around and gossiping about people if we're it's like we're gossiping about God. Um, Gossip is something that I was particularly challenged on in this you may notice. Um, Our hearts needs to maybe spend time wrapped in God's giant loving purifier. If we want people to hear about Jesus, if we want people to be excited about his amazing love, his great sacrifice, the spring that comes from us needs to be crystal clear what needs to be coming out of our mouth needs to be pure and loving and kind we need his to purify us comes from a place of love he wants the absolute best for us he wants us to be the absolute best versions of ourselves that he designed us to be and sometimes that means hearing challenging messages like this but that's what the gospel offers but our tongues can be used floating on cloud nine. After three years of marriage, Colin and I think we've totally got this marriage thing sorted now, um, I still get that warm fuzzy feeling whenever Colin tells me he loves me. I love it. It's, the words are so powerful. And our tongues can be used so powerfully to advance God's kingdom. We can affirm people. I love it when people prompt you to call someone or get in touch or say that was great well done and you can see them go oh thanks there's nothing like it it can bring such comfort and affirmation is what was needed years ago I was in a very dark place um, and I couldn't find a way out of it and I was calling out to God for help going I can't do it help um, and a friend of mine sent me a message and it was a passage from Isaiah um, and lovingly she'd written it out in a card and she'd sent it to me and God used that so powerfully to draw me out of this darkness, to suddenly give me a hope and an excitement for the future. I could do it in his strength. I wasn't doing it by myself. That's what our words can do. We can speak and build people up, affirm how precious and loved every single person is. We may not like what they do, but who they are is loved, is precious, is adored by God. We can encourage what people are doing, from cup making cups of tea to the music group the music group are awesome you should be you're fantastic your gifts your talent it's amazing building people up is what God loves to do it's what people God wants us to do even if we don't think people need a compliment we don't know what's going on under the surface we can bring comfort in tough times and even if it is as simple as I'm here with you and I love you God loves using us to speak his life-giving words to people. So just as we ask the sentry to guard our mouths and stop the bad stuff going out, we can ask for wisdom, for good stuff to go out, to build the people up around us, to speak into our communities, into our family, into our friends, into our workplaces, and so bring more of his love into the world. So there's three things I really want us to take away. Firstly, it's praying for the sentry to be there to guard our mouths, to guard what comes out of it. To let our words be used as a guide for what is in our hearts. To sit down with a friend, someone you trust, with God, or the cup of tea, and just say, Lord, what's in my heart? If these are the words coming out, please pinpoint what's in my heart. What do I need to deal with? What can I change, well, in your strength What can we do to... Heavenly Daddy, we ask that you stand guard over our mouths. That you will use them for good, for your glory, to advance your kingdom. That you will slow down the process from brain to mouth, so only life-giving things come out. That you can use to build people up and to advance your kingdom. And this is a scary prayer, Daddy, but purify our hearts so that only love overflows from them that is anything that is in our hearts that is not of you that you'll take it out come holy spirit come be at work in each of every one of us so that we can grow to be more like you amen if any of this challenges you please come up for prayer ministry afterwards it's and if like me you sitting there thinking, oh dear, I'm in trouble here. <laughs> if we remember in our next song that actually that third, that third verse, so take me as you find me, all my fears and failures fill my
0: life again. It's in giving it to Christ that he can change us. Please stand.